How can you bring more joy into your life? That is exactly what we're going to answer for you today. Plus, how to remove joy stealers and what is your soul salary? Today's guest is Jess Kaskoff. She's a speaker, life coach, and best-selling author of the book Soul Salary, Four Profoundly Impactful Steps to Aligning Your Time and Energy with What Feels Joyous and Fulfilling. She's also a mother of two. I'm Anthony Franzese. This is the Successful Working Parents Podcast, where we learn from busy working parents how they're able to balance it all and still thrive. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. back to the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents, title still pending. My guest today, she is the author of the number one best-selling book, Soul Salary. She's a speaker and certified life coach at Joyfulness with Jess, mother of two. Ladies and gentlemen, Jess Kaskoff. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Anthony. Yes, I'm excited to talk to you today. So usually we just kick off with a quick background on your career, if you could share that. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that I'm an author, speaker, life coach, and I have, I was not always that. Um, I spent 15 years in uh, food manufacturing as an engineer. I'm at a Fortune 500 company. So my, my first career was very different than where I am right now. Um, and I kind of had a pivotal moment where I switched from, you know, really that engineering career to this more people service based career. And it was many years ago, my company announced layoffs, the company I was working for. And they said, Hey, in a few months, we'll let you know, which by the way, a few months is like way too much time to wait to find out if you have a job or not. <laughs> sure. But it did allow um, me to do some self-discovery um, as I as I kind of waited. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a job or not. Um, so I, I did some some reflections and I said, like, what's been the biggest impact um, that I've had in my role so far? And I realized the two manufacturing plants that I'd worked at were now closed. So it was not that like process improvement or that equipment improvement that I put in place, even though I really enjoyed that. That was no longer here, right? Mm-hmm. It was truly just the impact I had on the people I managed um, and the people that I interacted with. So that was clue one. It's you know it's been the people that has the the impact. And then two, I said, what was my favorite role? And it wasn't the department leadership, the you know process improvement leader. It truly was this one role I did that was human resources. So I did a cross-functional in human resources um, when our plant was closing. I was in charge of what they called climate and culture, which really was how to support people transitioning from um, you know, working full-time and, and uh, the, the year and a half we needed before we closed the plant. I did make the layoff round. They did, I did have a job, but I, you can't unsee what you've seen, right? And so I realized a lot of my passion lied in the people supporting and motivating others. So I began the dimmer switch off of engineering and the dimmer switch on into what I am today. Awesome. And you have two kids, right? How old are your kids? Yeah, they're eight and six, two boys. They're rambunctious. <laughs> well, talk me through that transition because you you have two kids. You're starting to say, hey, maybe there's something else I want to do with my life, which I think a lot of parents can can definitely resonate with. So how did you mentally build up the, the the courage to make this switch into working for yourself and starting your own thing and and what are some of the you know kind of the practical steps you took yeah i think that's a that's a great question because it was not just like a flip the switch type situation um i basically took leaps that i was comfortable enough taking like very uncomfortable but like not panic right so the the first thing i did was pitch a part-time arrangement um, with my with the company I was working for, which is not common. I was in twenty four seven manufacturing, um, and so I you know didn't know if they would say yes. But if you 
if you don't ask, you're already at a no, right? Very true. So I asked and they said yes. And so I went to a part-time arrangement. And then, you know, months later, I pitched a sabbatical. So my company every seven years allows you a sabbatical. And I was double that and I'd never taken one. So unpaid, but I said, okay, I'd like to take a sabbatical. Um, and that's where I began to write my book during the summer sabbatical and um, went back for a short time, but decided ultimately to quit at that point. But you can see kind of the dimmer switch. And I, I forgot to mention, like when I went part-time, I also did night school to become a certified life coach. So it was just like step-by-step step and like big leaps, right? But they were not leaps enough that I was going to panic about them, but you know, just under that. <laughs> sure, sure. Are you busier now that you're working for yourself? I'm, I'm curious to hear like how your, your work-life balance has shifted from being a full-time employee to doing your own thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's an interesting question, and I'll answer it in an interesting way, which is I don't like the term work life balance um, because I I just feel like it's life, and you decide how you spend your time and energy, and so I don't know that work hours, you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like where are you putting your time and energy, and it, it's all it's all part of life. So you know, work is not separate from life. It's part of life. And um, as far as hours go, though, you know, to answer your question directly, um, I would say I put in slightly less hours working for myself than I did because I was also on call 24-7 if uh, an issue arose. So how do you find the balance between, well, what would you call it if not balance, right? Because you do something for money, right? You have a business. I don't know if you don't call it work, but then how do you like make time for your family? Like how are you balancing like how much effort to put into it and not just kind of be, especially when you're starting something, right? You could, you could have a lot of late nights and you can have, you could really put a lot of energy into it and it can, it can cause you to lose sight of, uh, or lose a grip on some other parts of your life. So how did you maintain those other parts of your life while still building this? You, you, um, can have everything you want, but not all at once. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's really for me, it's intentions. So I have very, very started doing very clear intentions for myself, and so I have here are my life intentions, and then I break that into weeks and days. So an example is I currently have a business goal that's my top business goal, um, which is I want to make another product, another coaching product to put out there. So my week goal during the week an intention is I need to block off X amount of time to do this creation. My day goal, the day that I'd blocked off time for creation is to go into do not disturb to work those exactly that many hours. So it's not necessarily a get this much done. It's work this many hours to make progress. Um, So it's all based on intention. So I have had intentions in a day that is today is a completely personal day. I am volunteering for my kids art class. I'm taking them out early for a, Parker mom date after we volunteer for art class. Like I've made it intentionally a personal day because work with yourself for yourself. Like you forget to take those personal days or those vacation days. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's making those intentions of how you're spending your life. Right. And, and I do feel like my book, which I know we'll talk about, but I do feel like my book really helps focus on that. The subtitle is four profoundly impactful steps to aligning your time and energy with what feels joyous and fulfilling. So that intention is also aligned with where you want to be if you're feeling the most joyous and fulfilled you can in the life you have right now. So I did want to ask you about, even beyond the book, just the topic that you really specialize in, which is is joyfulness. And how did you come to say, okay, I think this is what I want to focus on. You know, a lot of people want to get into like health coaching or they want to help people like 
make more money. And I think it was really interesting to to hear that you found like this kind of area to focus on. So I'm curious how that came to be. Yeah. So I'm just I'm gonna um, talk slightly about the book because you write the book you need, and I did here. So sole salary, you know, is not the financial salary you you earn. It's really the salary you pay yourself. Okay. And so what I base the book on is the concept of salary. Um, so a paycheck is really what you identify your paycheck is what fills you up. Joy and fulfillment is what fills you up. Bills are what drains you. So that's joy killers and soul suckers is what I call them. Um, and so really I went through this book and I wrote my exercises and then did them as well. Um, and that's how I started to, to realize as I wrote this book that, you know, paychecks really are around joy. Um, and intention is really around fulfillment, right? And so those were kind of the tenants I was using to change my life. And so this is really a real-time book of what I did. And I use my coaching experience and my coaching client experience also in the book. Um, but as far as, as joy goes, I truly feel like our purpose here on earth is to be as joyous as possible. Like, you know, why else are we here than to really do what makes us feel joyful? And often that aligns with a fulfilling purpose as well. And so that, that's where I came about that. Um, and I do feel like I personally have found, you know, immense joy and I want to spread that. And when someone feels joyous and fulfilled, they elevate their vibration, which then changes their world, which changes their family, which changes their, their children. So when you're at that level of energetic vibration, I like to call it, you know, you really are, you know, you have a different energy about you that is contagious in a positive way. How do you define joy? I think it's personal. I truly do. Um, you know, joy, it's that, it's that warm feeling. It's that, um, a smile on your face. I call, you know, the glimmers. Have you heard of glimmers? It's the opposite of triggers. You know, triggers are what, you know, trigger you. And then glimmers are little moments of joy. I like and that. so it doesn't need to be, you know, I feel joyous all the time. It's, I have these glimmers that I, I point out and, and, and appreciate. Yeah. Right. So it's those, it's those glimmer moments of, oh, I just feel like really, really, happy right now or really, really grateful or it's these, it's those little glimmer moments is what I feel joy is. Do you bring some of this into the way that you parent or do you try to integrate Absolutely. some of this into the way you interact with your kids? Absolutely. Yeah, we actually do. Um, we, there's many ways we do it, but I, I love our, our uh, dinner ritual, which we do high lows and yo-yos. <laughs> And so it's what's your high of the day? What was your low of the day? If you have one, you always have to have a high, but what was your low of the day? If you had one, we can like talk through that. Um, but the highs are really fun to hear because uh, our youngest for a long time was like, he said like hugs every day was his high, which, <laughs> which I will tell you so brings him so much joy. And like you yeah. hear, you can find out what brings your kids joy by asking them what their highs are. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the lows and then the yo-yos we made up, which is like you, you call out someone who like made your day better. Okay. Right? That's nice. so, yeah. so it's like a, it's a fun way to also realize who helped give you a glimmer in the day. Um, yeah. So it's just a way to like, to start practicing as six and eight year olds looking for glimmers. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I've, I've heard of like doing like good, bad and learned, but mm -hmm. I like that yours, A, I like that yours rhymes. And I think that, I think that the yo-yo is more fun <laughs> for sure. And my older son does a song every time he's like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> That's great. That's so, so he's funny. like made it into a, a fun little thing too. <laughs> what was it like from their perspective did they even have any thoughts on it when you transitioned from having this full-time job that they probably saw you go to every day and then, hey, mom, mom's going to do something different now? Like, 
did you think about the way that they would see that and how that might affect them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I did. Um, had a lot of conversations around it. So I, I am really big on conversations with the kids and just being frank and honest. And um, I told them, you know, where I, what I wanted to do and why. And um, one of our family mottos is be loving and kind. Like that's how we focus on as we raise our children. And I said, you know, mom wants to do that for adults too, to support them, to be in that, that kind of similar space, to be loving and kind to themselves that will allow them to um, prioritize their joy. And I will tell you, my oldest tells everybody that I am an author. He's like, my mom has a book. That's um, cool. So he's, he's really proud. Um, That's and, awesome. And like for Christmas, they have this like um, little store at school that they get to like buy things for, for, you know, parents or whatever. And my son got me like a little heart that says love. He goes, cause you spread so much love in the world. It was just like one of those moments, you know, too, where you're like, he sees what I'm doing in a different light, this new whole new light of what I'm doing. And he gets it. And I don't know, I feel, I feel like he's proud if he's doing little things like that. So I'm sure. Yeah. That's really amazing. I, I love to hear that kind of stuff. So that's nice. Yeah. Because I think that it's good to set examples of like the relationship we have with work with our kids. And so I'm sure that it is meaningful for them to see that you are doing something that you, you know, you like doing and light you up. I don't know how you felt about your previous job, but I think they, they probably see like a change in you at this point and it probably, you know, inspires them to do something that they really find I fulfillment so. in as well. I hope so. And I, I did like my previous job. I did. I was good at it. Um, I, I know I have engineering by degree, so I, I did like it enough to go get a degree in it. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm, I knew I would regret not trying um, what I feel like my heart is telling me to do. So it, it, there is more heart in it. You know, there's more heart in it. And I, I will say, um, I, I read this really awesome line, which is that in books, you can time travel. So this is another part that I love for like my kids. So what I mean by that is the book lasts long after you're gone, right? Mm -hmm. So like my children's children, children can read what I've written and like my knowledge and, and what I want to share with the world. Um, and so it really had like a heart-based intent, you know, beyond spreading love and joy broadly to the world. I also really wanted to have a guide for my kids and their kids and their kids. Yeah. Um, so there was like a, a personal intent as well. Yeah. I like that. I've actually started to like jot down some things just so that there's some thoughts for my daughter. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this episode, all I ask is that you subscribe. If you're already subscribed, leave a review. It's the best way to help grow the podcast. Now back to the show. Okay. So let's talk about the book, Soul Salary. Four profoundly impactful steps to align your time and energy with what feels joyous and fulfilling. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about some of these impactful steps. Yeah. So, um, you know, first I wrote this for the overworked, overwhelmed, you know, in or near burnout person who's likely not meeting their basic needs, much much less their joy, right? So it's it's kind of, you know, where I was at one point and, um, you know, where that was the intent of the book is really, um, you know, working parents was a, a huge audience that I was focused on. So, you know, aligned with your audience here. Um, but the, the concept of soul salary is the value your soul receives when your time and energy are in alignment with what feels joyous and fulfilling. Um, so the four steps, the first thing is a, a, a pre-step, which is um, what is your soul salary right now? Um, and I know I'll mention at the end, but I do have like a free quiz that you could don't even do you need to buy the book. You could just figure out what is your sole salary right now? Are you making minimum wage? Are you middle class? Are you a high earner? Um, so just kind of tells you where you're at right now and under different sub subcategories and kind of tips. So like I start there in the book and then I go to you need to demand minimum wage. It's the law. 
So before you can even start the four steps, you need to make sure you're giving yourself minimum wage. You're the CEO of your life. Are you meeting your basic needs? If you're not, you're not allowed to go into the four steps until you're meeting your basic needs. That's first. And I give some ways to get there. Um, and then you get into the four steps. So the first one is identifying your paychecks. Um, and this is what brings you joy and what you know, it feels fulfilling. So what's your intention, your legacy in life that you're trying to leave? Um, that's, those are your, those are your um, paychecks. That's what fills you up um, and, and brings in your salary, right? Step two is giving yourself raises and promotions in paychecks. So increasing your paychecks. So raises are, um, you know, kind of those step-by-steps. Promotions are huge life changes that feel incredibly scary. Um, so for example, a raise for me would be going to night school for certified life coaching. A promotion for me was quitting my job. I have, I have this saying in the book, which is, I increased my soul salary by decreasing my financial salary. And so it, that was a very scary promotion for me. I put promotion in, in quotes because it was a promotion in life and soul salary, um, but not in financial salary. So it, it's just interesting how each of these things can be counterintuitive to what we find as like a promotion would normally be. And then step three is identifying your bills, which is what drains you. Just like in salary now, you have bills that take away from your income. Um, So bills are what I lovingly call joy killers and soul suckers. Um, And joy killers are, you know, kind of out of alignment expectations you have for yourself or others have on you um, that just are not true to who you are. Um, You know, one I, I think of is, this notion of parent like you don't work and work like you don't parent. It's kind of this unspoken expectation in our culture that really is, I don't want to, you know, work cannot interfere with personal life. You know, you need to work and work and it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, we don't want to hear really about personal life sometimes. And then opposite, like when you're parenting, it's like, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be really present, but like, what if I get a work call? It's just this, this expectation that's unrealistic, right? Um, and then soul suckers are kind of those limiting beliefs and fears that are keeping you from living a fulfilling life, right? And those joy killer expectations are keeping you from living a joyful life. So it's it's identifying what those are. And similar to like when I did some reflections in my old job, once you see those, you can't unsee them. People really have a hard time going to steps three and four because it's fun to identify your paychecks and give yourself raises and promotions. It's like fun to find out what's joyous. It is hard work to find out what is killing your joy and what is killing your fulfillment. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so I think it's so important to do because you can make a choice of, I know this and I'm going to continue with these big bills or I'm going to start doing something about it. And that's what step four is about. It's about budgeting and budget cuts. So budgeting is similar to raises in the sense that it's manageable steps, um, where budget cuts is similar to promotions, where it's like things that very much scare you, sure. you know, big things you're going to do to reduce your bills. And then eventually you do this cycle of going through these four steps until you feel like you've become a high earner in soul salary, which is when you feel you know, incredibly joyous and fulfilled and um, I, you know, I suggest just like at work, you do like a yearly review, an annual review for yourself. Um, where am I at now? And um, you know, I do it more than yearly. Uh, I probably do it quarterly, and you know, check in with myself and make adjustments. So, awesome. Love that. How long? How long does it take to do to to check in and do the quiz? Um, so the quiz is about three minutes. Okay. Great. Yeah. The what is your soul salary is about three minutes, but obviously the the book has exercises and is a book. So it's both. It's a workbook and book in one. Um, so I will say like 
once you have done the quiz, it'll tell you what section to focus on. And gotcha. I will say the exercise can be the exercises can be time consuming, but once you've done them once, it's a lot easier to just edit instead of redo them. Sure. Fully. So the analogy obviously is there with like finance and salary, but I, I'm getting the sense that it's not. You might find that your job isn't really the issue, right? Like you maybe your job is is part of your paychecks and and. And things like right. that, and and that's not really what's taking away from your joy. So, well, well, and like, there's also things where you could do to add joy to your job, right? Like right. a raise in your job. Like I have a friend who is incredibly passionate about community service, and she found that there's a whole philanthropy um, committee in her work, and so she heads that up and decides where their grants go, and so that was incredibly fulfilling for her, and she can do it during work hours, right? Right. Yeah. So there's there's tons of that type of thing as well, and maybe the bill is like some annoying family member or something and not necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Though on the flip side, I imagine a lot of people go through this process and they say, uh, actually my job is, is really <laughs> the biggest, uh, right. the biggest bill here. Right. And I, I would say um, similar to like, you have more control than you think what I said earlier uh-huh. in jobs, you, you do have leverage, you know, so it doesn't always have to be a black and white, like my mine wasn't until, you know, until it was, but it, yeah. it doesn't have to be black and white. It could be, there's always steps you can take in bills. Like a budgeting step could be, you know, I'd like to work for, you know, p- propose things. Cause like I said, you're already at a no if you haven't proposed something. Like I'd like to work 12 hours for four days and take off the fifth day. Or, uh, you know, there's just so many work arrangements that can be made. I have a, a friend who pitched that she has July off every year. It's a slow time for her role and said, I don't want a reduction in pay. I want the July off. And they said, yes. Wow. Like, I mean, it's not always going to be yeah, that never, way, you right? But, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had people get get a no, but also, also, hey, that project looks really cool. Next time there's a project like that, I'd really like to be on it. And you tell your manager why, and this is what I'm passionate about. I mean, there's just so many ways to work through bills and work. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of times we don't even know what to ask for because we haven't done the work to know what feels joyous and fulfilling and what feels joy killing and soul sucking. And until we do that work, you don't know what to ask for. So you just stay stuck in a rut. Sure. From the people that you've worked with one-on-one and, and maybe people that have read the book and reached out to you, are you have you noticed any trends? Like what are like some of the, the biggest paychecks and some of the biggest bills that people typically have? No, I've not noticed trends wow. because okay. it's so deeply personal. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. I mean, there's there's obviously like big categories like where you live, um, you know, relationships and family. So maybe you want to adopt. Maybe you want to get a dog. Maybe you want to, you know, I've had people come to contemplate divorce. I mean, there's all things, you know, relationships. There's where you live. There's what you do for work or where you work. There's, um, you know, there's experiences like I want to travel more or, um, you know, I want to try out sewing quilts, you know. <laughs> It's just so funny because yeah, of course, there's those broad categories that we all know, but I have. It's just so interesting the things that people come up with that I'm like, that certainly doesn't make me feel joyous. I'm so glad that makes you feel joyous. Right? (laughs) Yeah. We need everyone to be different and like different things for us to really function as a society. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And then, is there guidance on how to essentially just get more of that thing into your life and less of the things and less things out of your life? That's essentially step four, right? Yeah, step two and four. So step two is how do I add more joy and fulfillment, fulfilling things into my life? And step step two is that. Step four is how do I remove things that are not? 
Um, and so there's, yeah, there's definitely step-by-step guidance on how to, to move forward with that. Um, so an example, I'll give you just one of the exercises. So soul sucker, I mean, uh, joy killers are expectations. So one thing I have you do is write out all the expectations you could think of. Like it doesn't have to be all of them, but here's all the expectations I have of myself. Here's expectations others have of me. You know, my job requires me to be on call 24 seven. My job needs me to be there 10 hours a day, you know, like all these expectations. Um, and then you read through the list and you cross out ones that don't feel authentic to you. And what I mean by that is if it's, if you, if it's an, I should, or I have to, can you change it into, I want to, or I desire to, if it's not, and I want to, or I desire to cross it out. I'm not saying you need to eliminate it. It's just the first step of realizing what you might want to ask for and start striving towards right? It's not feeling like an I want to, I desire to. Interesting. So that's against joy because what I want to and I desire to is joyous. Um, so just it's like the step, one step to start getting there. And then you work on, you know, actually making steps of how, yeah. to, how to move forward. But it's it's the realization of what could I start eliminating, right? Right. So for instance, yeah. So for instance, our daughter's like six months old. And so as a first time parent, I'm putting some undue pressure myself to, you know, really crush it as dad, husband and employee and, and show up as an A plus in, in everything. And so I think asking myself, do I feel like I should be doing those things or, or do I desire to be those things? Right. And that is um, so common in like badass professionals, which I, I'm sure you are, um, is Thank wanting you. to be everything and ev- to everyone. Yeah. And I will tell you, this is going to be some hard love. Um, if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. So if you try to be A plus in everything, shit's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like eventually your body, your mind, your emotions are going to cut before she does to shut down and to anybody. Like this is, I have personal experience in this. I had, um, I'll, I'll give an example. When I was pregnant with my son, I was still working crazy hours and really active in, in, uh, in my work. And I started to get, you know, Braxton Hicks contractions are kind of those practice contractions that are not really contractions, but they feel the same. Um, I started getting those in the second trimester and I was like, I'm just going to push through, you know, and I went to my OB appointment. She's like, wait, what you're having these? And I was so embarrassed because I was just like, yeah, you just push through. You know, that's kind of what I've always done. Don't listen to your body. Like you just right. push through. <laughs> yeah. A plus. You got to be an A plus, right? Yeah, yeah. And I totally strove for that too. I'm totally with you, Anthony. But it was one of those moments where I completely realized that I was not in tune with my needs. Um, and I was really not doing an A plus work on like taking care of myself. And it took having a human growing inside me to realize like, oh, it's it's about – taking care of me and which in turn take care of the, you know, my son that I'm growing. And it was just one of those embarrassing aha moments because it seemed so obvious, but um, it was a a big lesson to me. And I think I don't want you to have to end up there. Right. I don't want anyone to have to end up there. Don't, you know, I hope no one has to get to that point um, of, of a, your body telling you to slow down, but it's just interesting again, like you doing those A pluses and all of them is that, societal pressure, in my opinion, to parent like you don't work and work like you don't parent. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you suggest for self-care and, and time for yourself? You have a business, you have, you have kids, you have, a, you have a husband. So how do you balance all that? Well, um, you know, the demand minimum wage chapter I talked about, mm-hmm. one of the exercises that I still do, um, and I, I think a lot of people would really benefit from, is pausing and 
checking in with your body, mind, and emotions. Um, so this is this helps build self-trust that you are pausing to listen to yourself and then taking an action towards it. So first, mind, body, emotions. So let's say body, my body feels very physically tired. My mind, let's say, feels very scattered and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going hundred miles per hour in my hour. Let's say my emotions feel sad. Like I feel like I need to cry. Then I say, okay, do what's one thing you could do for each of those. Okay. I can take a nap during my lunch break, or I'm going to go to bed early tonight. Cause my body feels exhausted right. Two, my mental state is, is very, um, all over the place. Maybe I'm just going to take two minutes in silence and just stare into space, or I'm going to do a meditation if that's your thing. Three, I have emotional sadness, right? So when I get home, I'm going to watch a sad movie. Like when the kids are in bed, I'm going to watch or the saddest parts of a movie that I know and love so that I can have a really good cry because I'm going to need some crying. My emotions need it. I'd rather do it at home to a sappy movie than in the middle of a meeting when it catches up to me, right? So, and then I say, just do one of those. Like you've now ideated three things. Great, but do one. What's the best, what's the best movie scene to cry to? Oh my God. I walk to remember. Oh so man. Sad. Yeah. Do you know that one? It's a classic. That's all that's so yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just ugh, it's like a shock too when you find out. Right, right, right. Secret. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. That's one that is. That's my go to. <laughs> okay. All right. If anyone everyone who needs a good cry, that's that's the best bet. Um <laughs> all right, we're gonna move into the final segment called Jess's Advice Corner. So I'm gonna just ask you for some advice on a few topics. You ready? Okay. Yep. First question is, what advice would you have for somebody that wants to write a book that they feel like they've always been meaning to you know, share with the world? Start with your intention. Why are you doing it? So mine started with, it's on my bucket list. Okay, that was my original intention. Kind of weak to like motivate you, right? Like, oh, it's sure. on my bucket list. Yeah. So I, I dove in deeper. Okay, well, I, like I said, I want to time travel, right, for my kids. Okay, then I dove in deeper. I feel like I've found love and joy for myself and fulfillment. I want to spread that. Okay, dive deeper. I want to make a profound impact on the world. And when I spread love and joy, it elevates people, like I talked about. So like that felt so purpose-driven and motivational that I was able to do it. You need to have an intent that feel that you feel strongly about that will get you through the book writing, editing, publishing process, because it is tedious. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. It takes a long time. It is tedious. It can be expensive if you're getting professional editors, et cetera. Like, you really need to have why you're doing it and feel really solid in that. What advice do you have for somebody who's about to be a parent but still has a career they want to focus on? Um, Make sure that you're not trying to do it all and ask for help. I feel like that was one of the things that I really struggle with is I felt like asking for help. Um, was like, oh, I can't do it all. Like admitting that I can't do it all myself yeah, and yeah. kind of a failure. Um, so asking for help and not just, you know, I feel like there's so much help in the first like two months, three months, and then it just plummets. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yes. For me, my hardest mental health time was when my kid was your kid's age. You know, three to three to nine months was so hard because the, the support drops off for the most part and I didn't ask for help. Yeah. Right. And so you just, you're like, oh, this is life now. You know, like they don't just start sleeping through the night. This is life now. And it catches up. You can, you can do three months on adrenaline. And so asking for help and getting help um, is essential. And that that's the time as new parents to, um, to really use your resources to support you. If it means um, you get, you know, you have someone babysit two nights a week for one month because it's just a hard mental health month for you. That's when you use your resources. If you have it, if you have the savings, that's the type of time to use it. So don't be um, frugal 
during that point. You know, use your resources, whether it's my, you know, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your sister, or financial resources like care.com, you know, <laughs> like yeah. the time to use it. And and I know you took a long paternity leave. Your, your wife took a good maternity leave. Like there's also pieces of that. If, if that's unpaid, that's hard to make that decision. Um, I know mine was unpaid. I only got partial of my pay for disability for the disability period. Um, and so it was a hard decision. Um, but that's also the time to use your resources, right? That was a discussion my husband and I have. Yes, we're foregoing income. However, this is the time that we have savings for. Right. Becoming a new parent is what you have the savings for to support yourself and make the transition as loving on yourself as possible because you're already trying to be as loving and, as you said, an A-plus parent, and you can't be if you're not being A-plus to yourself. What advice uh, would you give to your former self? Be yourself. I know that's like so cliche, but I'm gonna put a, <laughs> I'm gonna put a different spin on it. Okay. I'm gonna say be weird. And so this is something my fourth grade teacher said. Um, she said I was getting made fun of. So like you're weird. And my fourth grade teacher interjected and goes, "Weird is a compliment. Who wants to be normal?" And so I use that in life so much. Like weird is a compliment. I'm a weirdo. I like went from engineering to writing a self help book. Like come on, you know people are probably like what. Can you even like talk to people? You're an engineer, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's a uh, it's t- you know, be your unique unique self and remember that weird is a compliment. That's actually the acknowledgement in my book. I go to Riley and Parker, my my two kiddos. Make sure that you you know chase your joy and that you be weird. Yeah. And, it, and it's something we do in our family. We'll call each other weird and be like, thank you, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, honey, if you're listening, it's okay that I'm weird. Because you know, <laughs> my, my wife now. What's the best advice you ever received? It is not weak to know what you need and to ask for it. I know I said to ask for help already, but I think it's uh, like no, like acknowledging that you have needs. I think is really what it is. Because um, it's not just the asking for help. It's like you need to acknowledge that you have needs that are not being met. Um, which is not something. Something if you're a high performer that you really focus on, it's like I don't have needs. Like I. Like I'm going to make, I'm going to do awesome at everything. Like we're just going to go, go, go. Yeah. Um, but it's acknowledging that you have needs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Last question. Uh, as I mentioned, I have a six month old daughter. So what advice do you have for me as the father of a six month old girl? I think the one that I said earlier, which is if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. Mm. So really, really prioritize self um, and your kids. So like they say, oh, you know, be be a really great father, um, but don't forget to, to work on yourself. Well, I say and, not but. Yeah. Be a great father and to be a great father, I need to take care of myself. It's an and. You take yeah. care of her and you. Yeah. That's great. Appreciate that. Well, Jess, this has been a great conversation. Where can people go to connect with you? Anything you'd like to, to promote or where can people go to learn more about you? Absolutely. So if um, you want to kind of understand what your soul salary is now and, you know, what your subcategories are. Are you um, having soul salary, uh, are you a high earner in joy or are you minimum wage? Does joy, fulfillment, and basic needs, it kind of does subcategories. But before you buy the book, I would say, you know, do this quiz. It's at www.jesskaskov, K-A-S-K-O-V as in Victor, dot com slash soul salary. Free quiz, three minutes. Um, it'll give you really quick tips and feedback for yourself and, you know, just trying to, to spread that love and joy. So start there. And if you feel compelled, check out the book. It's on Amazon. Awesome. Appreciate that. I'll link to all that in the show notes as well. Jess Kaskov, everybody. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Thank you.